It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are back. The BWI Recruiting Show here to discuss the latest news from Penn State football recruiting, other uh, topics around Penn State football recruiting as well, and the on three rankings, which really like Penn State and what they've done so far in this class. The experts are here, Sean Fitz and Ryan Snyder, recruiting insiders for Blue White Illustrated. Gentlemen, uh, we took last week off and it didn't didn't seem to materialize as much as we expected that was going to happen to start July. Fitz, uh, surprised or not that Penn State had fewer fireworks in the first week of July than maybe we thought going into the month? Yeah, I think it's it's surprising when you given given to uh, uh, looking at the whole of June. It was tough because those guys essentially told Penn State they were coming. Then you had to weather the storm. You had guys like Nick Marsh. You had guys like Jalen Harvey. You thought you were going to get in the first week of July, and then all of a sudden things change. Uh, a very interesting uh, meshing of recruiting styles in the sense that that you've got some kids who set that platform where they were going to essentially take their visits and then decide. We saw that at the end of June uh, into July. DeAndre Cook was there. You know, you, you, you've got some of those uh, Malachi Williams as well excuse me as well. Um, and then you have some guys that, you know, seem to be a little bit more NIL based. Um, you know, when I was on vacation, put up some notes and they, uh, went over, uh, yeah, they went over in a certain amount of ways on the board because they were very, very popular because a lot of it was NIL based and people are uncomfortable yeah. talking about NIL in recruiting because they don't want to see it. They don't want to, you know, they, they want to avoid, um, thinking that this is a professional sport, thinking this is how some of this goes. And it doesn't go like that with everybody. I had a conversation with my buddy Alex yesterday um, about how, you know, I think a lot of this is like people think it's like Blue Chips, the old movie, the Nick Nolte movie with Shaq and Penny Hardaway, which is a fantastic movie, one of my favorites of all time. And it's not always like that. Like it's not uh, it's not getting the tractor. It's not getting the job and everything like that. Penn State's got 20, 22 commits now, I think it is. Um, I have to mm-hmm. pull that one up. Um, yeah, they've, they've done a great job of getting ahead of things like that, getting ahead of like not every kid is in it for the money. And I think that people view recruiting in black and white and extremes and things like that. But there's so much gray area. There's so many different different ways to go about it. As It's truly a case by case basis. Um, so I think that's really what you take into account. You've got some guys that are sticking to their plan and going through. And Liam Andrews is an example. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, sticking to his plan, whereas otherwise, otherwise you've got, you know, guys going basically running up the bidding against uh, with with other schools against each other. So it's a very interesting uh, melting pot of recruitments coming together, and then all of a sudden you're going to have to figure out your reset your board, recycle your board, and figure what it looks like going into August and September. So a very interesting time in the uh, in the recruiting calendar. I'll be honest, when I scheduled my vacation, I didn't think it would be as active as it was from a up and down standpoint. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the way that, that it went in the end of June, the beginning of July. Penn State's fine. You know, they're they're they missed out on some guys that they would have liked to have in this class. Um, Benedict Dume is a big one. You know, that 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 is one that I don't think was NIL based at all. You know, the, the, there's just so many things. And when you take when you cover recruiting and I know I've probably talked for about two minutes straight here. But when you cover recruiting, you don't get too high. You don't get too low because everybody's making their own decision. Yeah. And and we'll see what uh, if all those decisions stick, because we know that with coaching changes and things that happen in the fall, you mentioned resetting the board. We'll get to a light bit of that here at the end of the show, kind of looking forward. But, Ryan, um, not all bad news for Penn State football here in the first cu- last couple of weeks, including uh, last night. Cooper Cousins got an honor. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, All-American Bowl. Uh, Sean, <laughs> I was trying to find this last night. Can you think of anybody else who's a bit in the 2024 class who's been invited to the All-American Bowl? I was trying to find it. I couldn't. Outside of texting 21 kids at 9 o'clock at night, I couldn't find it. 
in Penn State's class? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay, yeah, and I'm sorry. I figured you didn't know that. I just I should have asked you that probably before we started the podcast, but uh, probably I was yeah. To figure that out. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, con- congrats to Cooper. I mean, he's the he's the only one I know of as of right now. Of course, Jalen Matthews, 2025 commits, already said he's uh, planning to play in the game. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things play out. You know, I always. Cooper's, I mean, definitely playing to play. Uh, the one tricky thing about it is that game's always the the Saturday before guys enroll, and Cooper's also an early enrollee, so that's always just a tricky, hectic uh, 48 hours there. But uh, we'll see, man. If Penn State has a couple more guys, I'm more than happy to go back down. You know, last year they only had Javen, uh, so I didn't make the trip. But the year before that, you know, of course they had Singleton and Aller and, and, and Deny Dennis Sutton, so we went down. So let's see how that game stacks up, Under Armour, and maybe we'll be making a trip. We'll be uh, keeping a track of all of those things, including the on three rankings update coming up in just a little bit on the show. Two things to get to before we get to that. And the first is today's title sponsor of the show, and that is my perfect franchise. Are you a displaced corporate executive or maybe you want to put your career in your own hands? One of the things I learned too, a little bit too late in life that freedom is actually financial freedom. Like you, you don't get one without the other. And if you are looking for that to change your life story, Andy Ludicky at My Perfect Franchise is someone who can help. He has a huge, he's a huge sports fan, and he is a franchise owner veteran. So he's somebody that relates to you and can help you in this area. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. He has a lot of experience, as we mentioned, and he can help you find not just a franchise to manage, but the right one. Call Andy and put your life and career in your hands. Best of all, services are 100% free to you, so... What do you have to lose? We had a chance to talk to Andy uh, when we started working together. Um, I look at a lot of these things, a lot of mistrust. You know, there's a lot of people out there that just want to take your money and they don't want to, they don't want to uh, put in the work to give you anything for it. Andy, uh, honest, upright guy who is there to genuinely help you and make a change in your life. He is a message board veteran. So if you're a member over at the Lions and Blue White Illustrated.com, he knows you. He's been you his whole life. He relates to you. He wants to help you specifically. But anyone that's interested in franchise uh, ownership, you can check him out. And if you're uh, watching here on the YouTube channel, you can see his contact information. If you're listening on the podcast, contact Andy at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. Some other news that we're just going to talk about here quickly and then move on uh, that broke earlier today. Um, This is a big step forward, presumably, in the NIL conversation. This is from On3NIL. Several NIL entities have formed the Collective Association with plans to expand and release a revenue-sharing model for college athletes that does not require them to become university employees. Happy Valley United is a part of those seven collectives that is trying to push forward with this uh, this particular uh, new way of NIL and collectives and the future of how athletes are getting paid in college football. So, of course, check out On3NIL, or you can check out BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Nate Bauer uh, does a lot of work with our NIL stuff, and I'm sure he'll have something at some point this week talking about all of that. So that's just some news and notes to start us off. But the real main thing, guys, today, on three updated the recruiting rankings, something I think Penn State fans were waiting desperately for because, Ryan, we've talked about how underrated this class is. They're properly rated, I think, at this point. So can you walk us through what you've delved into from Charles Power and his update of the rankings, uh, which came out, I believe, yesterday? Yeah, I think the big thing to know is Penn State went from one guy inside the top 100, and this is for on threes ratings. Of course, there's the on three industry, which is what we use for the team ratings, and and uh, obviously the industry rating has 24 seven and rivals and ESPN is part of it. But for for on threes ratings, you know, Penn State went from one guy inside the top 100 uh, to to now three, and and that's massive uh, when it comes to really, I mean, everything. Um, I think the more guys you have inside the top 100, and again, I know the industry uses all four sites. Um, the better it is uh, for, for your class. And, and we saw that with the updated team rankings as Penn State jumped from number 10 uh, to number eight. Uh, T Frank has the graphic up if you're watching on YouTube. You know, Garrett Sexton made a big move. Uh, Malachi Williams made probably 
the biggest move, the, the one that I don't want to say surprised me because I knew, I mean, we've been, Sean, how long we've been talking about him being one of Penn State's most important guys and overall. Uh, but I just, you know, I've talked to Charles about all these other guys. I didn't, I didn't know he was going to move uh, Williams up and we'll get in the specifics of why, but Luke Reynolds, I think people saw coming right, you know, after all 22, Ethan Grunkmeyer, Elite 11, people saw that coming. I was really happy to see Cooper Cousins get back in the on 300. I thought, you know, he, he had a 90 overall rating and, in that bottom 50 to 75 guys, you all have 90s. They just get shuffled so much. I mean, when it, when it's updated again in a couple months from now, you'll see a, a ton of those guys in the bottom 50 get moved around again. Uh, but Cooper's a guy that I think firmly just should be in that on 300, and it was it was good to see uh, him up to 215 and a 91, uh, which which should really help him him stay there. But uh, you know, Tysir Denmark just dropped out. He's another 90 overall rating. Uh, you know, another guy who could pop back in uh, when these get updated. But um, you know, six guys overall uh, moving up in, in the rating is 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 really strong for Penn State and. And uh, like I said, having three guys in the top 100, it's look, those top 100 guys, you know, five stars are incredibly important. But having those top 100 guys, you know, those are the Georgia classes, the Alabama classes, the Ohio State classes. That's why they're consistently top five classes. You need as many of those guys as you can get uh, to have those high ratings. I, I know we joke about this sometimes, Georgia coming in and looking at Penn State's evaluations and then offering, you know, receivers or offensive linemen. Um, but Fitz, this this is not that they probably are looking for it, but this is a clear validation of Penn State's recruiting chops and their evaluation chops to find these guys that were three stars that suddenly you look at these guys and now you look at some of these players, Malachi Williams and, and Garrett Sexton, very important positions that are hard to get. We talk about offense tackle, edge rusher, and now they got two guys in the top 100. What does this say about Penn State's recruiting ability and their ability to identify talent? Yeah, I mean the, the rankings obviously not the be all end all, but it's a good indication of where where things I think are headed uh, from an evaluation standpoint. Uh, way ahead on Sexton, uh, I mean, probably a little high in my eyes, but like that's a that that's a good starting point. Forty fourth overall, um, he's going to continue to develop. He's going to continue to learn the position. Um, you know, retain that athleticism. He's over two hundred sixty pounds, and he played at about two hundred thirty last year. So I'm really excited to see what kind of jumps uh, that he can make in his senior year. And, and really, I think that's what the ranking is all about is, is long-term potential there. Great frame to work with just a, a ton of, a ton of boxes that are checked and, and he'll continue to learn that play that position. So that'll be huge. Um, but in, in terms of Penn state's overall like approach is like, yeah, we look back to what was it? April when Luke Reynolds committed or, or, or something like that. It was, it was in the spring. I don't know if it was March or it was April. the end of March on the, the very, very end, of end of March. Okay. So we're talking about, um, Penn state potentially getting official visits from certain tight ends of Caleb Odom. Um, you know, one of the top tight ends in the country and then Penn state comes back and, uh, takes, takes him like, doesn't, doesn't really think twice about it, but like from the outside looking in, this is a guy that was a high school quarterback that, you know, converted to tight end. So not a lot of tight end film. So there's, there's, you know, questions about, uh, is this the right guy? And then he shows up at elite 11 He's a dude, man. Like he comes in uh, out of nowhere, essentially, and and just shows that he belongs. And and that's the sort of thing it's going to take for Penn State um, in the tier that they're in is is being confident in their evaluations, being confident in the guys that they're going to take. And Reynolds, a great example of that. Um, just uh, yeah, Grunkmeyer the same way. You look at Michael Van Buren being on the board for so long. And then this group of quarterbacks that they offer that Mike Yersich goes out in the spring evaluation period, sees in person, uh, he likes him, likes Trevor Jackson. Trevor Jackson picked up an Oklahoma offer yesterday. Yep. Some of these guys that went to the Elite 11. I mean, so I think it's 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 really cool to see like tangible evidence that that you know other people are are buying into what Penn State is doing, you know, not buying into what Penn State is doing, but agreeing with the evaluations that they went out and made on their own. So I think it's really cool to see. Um, I think it's uh, you know uh, vindication <laughs> for such because we do that. We 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 get so locked in on where we're at in the cycle and where guys are at times in the cycle. And you know what? There's guys on this list that are going to go down. Donovan Harbor just dropped yep. out of the top 300 as well. Um, we just get so locked into where we're at and evaluations are an ongoing thing. They happen the entire cycle. You're going to get to November and you're going to think, well, this guy is what we thought he was better than what we thought he was worse than we thought he was. That's an evolving evaluation. And I think that that's what Penn state's been really good at is evolving their evaluations. And, and, you know, you're not going to hit on everybody. This is a 60% business. If you hit 60% of these guys, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, and Penn state has done a good job of finding guys that are on the ascent. 
Yeah, I think that's a great way to put that on the ascent with this particular class and a guy like Garrett Sexton circling back to him um, in that dramatic rise. Ryan, you talked to Charles Power uh, about um, him specifically. We'll get to Malachi Williams in, in just a second. But with, with Sexton, what is it he likes so much about him? Uh, I know because, you know, we have the same evaluation in Blue White Illustrated. Love his film, love what he's able to do. But Charles Power kind of put a fine point on it when when you talk to him. What were some of the things that he took away of what makes Sexton so high in the on three rankings? Well, what, what he's trying to do, right, is find the high school players who have the best potential to be NFL players one day, right? Like, what do yep. we do after the NFL draft? We always... We pull up, I mean, over previous years, we pull up 24-7 and rivals. Obviously, 1-3 is just getting started with theirs now over the last two years. But we pull them up and we we compare them. You know, how many of the five stars actually got drafted and all those things. And that's what that's what he's mainly trying to do here is figure out who has draft potential. And I think that's the big thing with Garrett Sexton, that his size and his speed. And, you know, he's up to 275 now. And, and I think Charles really liked that, you know, at 230 pounds now, he played incredibly physical yes. uh, and, and yep. a lot of other things that he liked. And now he's 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 still extremely inexperienced. Like he only has one year of that. So add add a few more years of progression and learning, and obviously you know getting to Penn State then and working with Phil Troutwine. And and oh by the way, he's up to I, I texted him the other day, Sean. He's up to two seventy five now, um, and and still and still growing. So I think that's just the main thing. You know, it, it, arrows absolutely pointing up, and it will continue to point up. But um, I understand too what like what Sean's saying though too is you know having him rate above like a Liam Andrews who's a little bit more um, uh, just when it comes to mechanics and things like that obviously more um, more polished like that yeah I see why fans get get confused with that too and it's in it, I'm getting a little off topic here but like that's why Quentin Martin is rated a little lower in Charles's eyes because he's looking at well running backs just aren't as valued and then I have three or four I think there's only four running backs in the top 90 in the entire nation and. And of course, Quinton's, you know, right outside of that at 109, I believe it is now. So, uh, you know, with, with Sexton, man, it's just six, seven. Um, you know, the, he's he's how you draw them up in the yeah, NFL. Massive length. Uh, you know, right. you, you look at all those skills and then you have the the incredible length and athleticism. You're, that's a that's a prototype left tackle. So uh, the projection versus a guy like Liam Andrews, who's a little bit bigger, a little more physical, totally uh, makes sense if you look at it through the way Charles is looking at these things. The next thing I want to ask you guys, uh, Fitz, any guys that you think, uh, this is maybe a greedy question for Penn State fans, any guys that you think are still underrated in the recruiting class uh, through the evaluations? I'm going to throw out there for honorable mention to start, Peter Gonzalez, I think he's still a little bit underrated. Couldn't do as much because of the knee injury last year. I think, especially this fall, we're going to see more accurately what he is as an athlete on the football field. But is there anybody that you would identify as could potentially move up with a strong senior season or somebody that you think is a better version of what they're going to be in the future than the rankings indicate now? And, and it's worth noting, Peter Gonzalez did move up a little bit. I think we had him in 84. Now we have him in an 88. So that's a that's a nice little jump in the three-star realm. So like there, there are guys that have moved um, I'm going to go back to uh, Antoine Belgrave Shorter. Um, this is a guy that uh, I think can be really good. I'm curious in terms of uh, documented times, things like that. But this is uh, this is a guy that people really think is good. Like I, I know John Mitchell, his teammate is is ranked higher, but those guys I think are pretty pretty decently close in my eyes. So he's a guy that I go to. Um, I will say Quentin Martin. Like this is a really interesting like experience mm. in my head because. I was down on Quentin Martin because I wasn't sure what he was. I saw him in camp. I'm still not sure what he is. Like right. I, running back, receiver, slash Devo, Sam, what, whatever. Like he, he does so many things well. Um, kid's really freaking good. Like <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to like there. Um, I know he ran, what, a 4.59 or something like that. But like the people that I talked to, um, not particularly worried about that. The GPS had him pretty fast, uh, as I mentioned on the board. Uh, blueitillustrated.com. So like I came out of summer higher on Quentin Martin. Like I was probably lower than everybody else on him coming in, but I came out of him with an, an elevated opinion of Quentin Martin. So I'm um, not really sure where he fits because running backs are so hard to, uh, so hard to rank because it's the, the position is tough to uh, tough to put those guys side by side and go for it. I mean, you look at yeah. uh, the way Penn state's done over the years, they've recruited r running backs really well. Some running backs we thought we were going to be really good. Didn't turn out some, uh, you know, some guys came out in the journey Brown came out of nowhere. So um, it's tough to tough to evaluate that position just because those guys are typically 
not just the best players on the field, but by far the best players on the field uh, at the high school level. So I I really like Quentin Martin um, just going down through this list. I know um, uh, Xavier Gilliam's a guy that we don't talk about a lot that the program feedback has been that they they like him better than we like him. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to move, but that's one that's out there. And I will say, Malachi Williams in the top 100 uh, did not see that one coming. Like I, I'm very like I've been as high as on Malachi Williams as anybody, but uh, to make that jump into the top 100 is certainly a journey for him. And and these ratings were done before he committed to Penn State, so this is not a situation where you know somebody bumped him up for us. So um, I, I think it's uh, Florida fans that Sean. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the exact oh, opposite of Florida's uh, Florida's reactions to the on three updates with Jamonte Waller staying as a three star. Uh, Penn State fans super happy. Ryan, Charles, uh, yeah, anybody, anybody really hot in Gainesville right now, by the way, just uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. He's handling it. Well, I also think I, I appreciate his, uh, his, his, uh, his, uh, resolution to his, his rankings, Ryan, Is there anybody run from it? Sorry. I keep, I keep trampling on you, but like, if okay. you've watched this space in Twitter or wherever it's happening, Florida fans, not happy with us in terms and with us in terms of on three with, uh, ranking their guys, but Charles has, has come back with, you know, facts, opinuation, uh, opinuations in terms of evaluations, like that's uh, kind of how he's backed himself up. I think he's done it really well. Like it's uh, I've seen some of these clips where these guys are trying to play gotcha and he's coming back with, well, you know, Jamonte Waller actually ran a four nine five. Like, so where are we at with that? So, yeah, it's kind of where it's kind of where we stand with th- some things like that. Pe- not everybody's going to agree. And I think that's a great thing. That's a fantastic thing it's not just the same rankings on all four sites. Like that's what makes this great. And that's what makes our industry rankings at on three on the player profiles. Pretty cool is you can look there and see who has differing opinions and you can, you know, draw your own conclusions into how much, uh, you know, how much we know, how much you think we don't know. So that's, uh, that's my, uh, that's my database slash evaluations uh, stumping for the, for the day. I'm done now. (laughs) Ryan, uh, I got you the, the list here up on the screen. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the players we're picking from any of these guys in this three-star range that you think can or should move up uh, that you've been, because I know, I know you're not shy telling uh, Charles what your, your opinions on some of these players. So, so what do you think? Yeah. Who, who do you well, have to I'm give? I'm not a scout, about? right? So I don't ever claim to be, I just kind of pass on the information that I get from people who know more than me. I think Sean and I are both pretty, <laughs> we make that clear, right? Uh, I want the school to be a journalist. I'm, I'm not an NFL scout. I don't want to ever claim to be. Uh, just, I mean, a couple things I would say. I mean, Antoine Belgrave Shorter is without a doubt the guy. I think that if you could pull uh, recruiting staffers and coaches, like they, they, he would be the one that that they feel, uh, you know, at six, was it six twenty nine in the in the industry is is very much still underrated. Um, you know, DeAndre Cook, I think, like, look, he's at one thousand thirty five in the industry rating. Like, I'm pretty confident in saying that if you could. If you could be inside Lash and talk to talk to those people and, and their evaluations, they would not have him that low at all. And that, that's we're always going to see that at the bottom, right? I mean, Charles and he's got a couple of people around him who uh, they're trying to evaluate fifteen hundred kids across the country. It's not going to be perfect. And then look, this isn't just again. I'm using the industry ratings for, for these specific numbers because obviously we rate the top three hundred, and then everything else is kind of. Uh, you know, just an algorithm after that, basically with, with the industry. But uh, I, I just looking at the bottom, you know, Peter Gonzalez talking to Charles. I mean, he's, he's a guy that let's watch the season and then we'll, we'll determine whether he should be an 89 or, or, you know, get a four star or something like that. Uh, I think cook and Gilliam are, are pretty well documented. Penn state is, are they, are they finished products? No, but are they guys that they can mold in two years and, and potentially get on the field as upperclassmen? They, they firmly believe that. Uh, I've, I've talked about Specca multiple times. Like, look, I think Specca being a high three star is fair. Right now, mm-hmm. we also have Specca as the 15th rated player in Pennsylvania. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think he's, I think he's top 10, you know, eight, nine, 10. I think he should be somewhere in that ballpark, uh, 15 in my eyes. I mean, again, 24 seven has Specca at number four. Like there's a, there's a big gap there between the, in the Pennsylvania ratings with him. So a couple guys that just stand out. I mean, I think the, the top guys are pretty clear. One thing I'll say about Malachi Williams is from talking to Charles, you know, he made it very clear that this is a down year, very down year for edges. And that's not to, to rip on, on Malachi or anything. In previous years, he feels like Williams would probably would be a top 300 guy, but probably not top 100. He'd, be, he'd probably be a bit lower, uh, you know, in that 150, 200 kind of range. And, and that's just kind of the year it is for edge. So, you know, when he looks at the size, the frame, and the production, 
uh, and, and you stack it up nationally right now, he's absolutely one of the best edge rushers in this class. So I think that's a big part of the, the Williams discussion and one that I wasn't really aware of until I caught up uh, with Charles earlier this week. But, I mean, Williams has some great film, man. I mean, yeah. it, I think the big thing with him is, you know, we have him at 6'3", 210, but, hey, he's also 16 years old. He's going to get to Penn State as a almost 18. I don't, I don't think he'll be 18 when he gets there. He's going to graduate as a 17-year-old, too. So there's plenty of room to grow and, and uh, you know, fill out his frame. I mean, he's absolutely going to be playing it. I don't know, 240-ish, 250-ish minimum, you know, and and then, you know, probably even a little bit bigger down the road. And one thing I will also say is his coach, Jack Maldoon, who I caught up with this week, he says that that Malachi is closer to 225 right now, you know, that the the heights that we have are from camps. And, of course, he plays – or, excuse me, I said heights. I meant weights. Um, Those those are from camps, which obviously are in springtime, and he plays basketball every year. So he says, you know, he loses – you know, 10, 15 pounds kind of regularly during basketball season and after football, of course, and and stacks it all back up here over the last couple of months. So he might be close to 225. I don't know. We'll, we'll get some verified uh, numbers on him in the months ahead. But uh, yeah, Williams, Williams is a long, has a lot to do with the, the overall edge class and, and, you know, where he rates now. Want to dip into the chat. We got a couple of people here that uh, want to get involved in the conversation. Steven is back as always. He says, you guys consistently pump out the best content. Thank you, Steven. Appreciate that. Our guy Mike is back. Hopefully he's not texting from his Tesla today. He says, seriously, a junkie for this pod. Wish it was four hours a day, seven days a week. Whew. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it. By the way, we've got a great fall lineup that uh, we're going to start rolling out here in a little bit. Just to tell you some of the stuff, we're going to have a pregame show before every Penn State football game. Uh, More details on that coming in the near future, but we are going to have more live content, more interactive content on game day so all kinds of fun stuff coming up for the fall super excited we're diving into some of that stuff so stay tuned um this is from beach wine guy he wants to ask a quick question here i, I don't know if we di- directly discuss this but why did martin drop seems like a major dude he dropped four spots okay. i mean he was 105 he's 109 four players moved up i mean to me he didn't drop he's still the same as a, I mean, we're, we're rating him as he's listed as an athlete. He's being rated as a running back, though, right? I mean, like, really, we need to just change him to a running back. We haven't changed his profile, but we, we probably should. Um, you know, again, he was he was 104. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he dropped four spots. He was 105, and now he's 109. So yeah, we got we got I mean, to, we got to talk the verbiage here. Like, it's it's yeah. not a drop. Like, there are guys that move around. Like, if he dropped 40 spots, 50 spots, okay, that's a drop. That's, that's a drop. Yeah. Move four spots. Guys move around like this. There's there's a lot of ongoing action in these things. Uh, we have to distinguish what is a drop and what is not. That's not a drop. Like he yeah. me, it's always okay. like 25. It's like two dozen, you know, like you drop more than 25, 30. And actually, actually, let me clarify that. If you're in the top 100 and you drop 20, 30, like that's a drop. If you drop 20 ish and you're down towards the bottom, that, to me, that's kind of not a drop because so many guys, there's so much movement at the bottom of these lists uh every year so that's just in my eyes sean what are your 40 40 or more that's a drop i mean it, it you're right it does depend on where you're at in the on 300 because we have guys that go from 260 to 290 and it's not much of a drop like it's it it just depends how many guys are in front of because it's like a it's like a sliding scale like you're gonna have fewer guys jump in front of you in the top 100 i mean i'm not a math guy but that's kind of how that that thing uh goes out there so that's that's not a drop it's um you know other, other guys moved ahead of them um that that's holding steady at this point um, just because it's it's that time of year we're getting out we're seeing coming off the spring camp season coming off the seven on seven stuff and you're seeing a lot of guys and we're getting getting our guys out on the road and seeing a lot more guys as well so I think that's where that comes into it so I mean save your drop for other guys that uh, like Donovan Harbor dropped out Tyson yeah. Denmark dropped out those are the guys that that actually dropped you know yeah yeah. One thing, T Frank, real quick, I'll add just real quick for subscribers. Like I did a, a story yesterday, you know, five reasons to be excited about Penn State's class. Quentin Martin was just kind of one of the bullet points. I mean, in that I have, I don't know, 200 plus word quote of Charles just explaining all the details on why he rates where he does. I kind of said earlier, I mean, on three only has four running backs. I think I think he's listed as an athlete, but I think. Quinton's like the eighth best running back, I think, in the country right now. And there's only four yeah. running backs in the top 90. And, and, and by the way, 
He's really raw. Like to be 109 and as a running back, he's a raw prospect at both receiver and running back. So I, I think it's even a compliment to say, like, you're looking at these guys that they are projecting as top NFL players, and Quentin Martin is in the conversation, and he's really split his time between like four positions on offense and defense throughout his career. So, it, you know, if you're looking at all of these tangible factors that they're looking at, I, I think I don't think that this is a major slight for Quentin Martin. Right. Uh, we got Xander. Xander says here, Egan Boyer. That's his guy he wants to see moved up, his underrated player. Uh, we got to get to one more thing quickly before we move on with the show, and that is our sponsor here. That is RogueShop.com. RogueShop.com is, uh, go to RogueShop.com if you have any issues with sleeping, chronic pain, and or having uh, anxiety or stress. I can tell you firsthand, uh, if you want to fall asleep and stay asleep, you should use their Delta 9 gummies, which is what I got right here. Um, these are great for sleep because I just take a corner of one right before bed and I have issues sleeping. I am one of the people you're talking about here with rogueshop.com and uh, who they're trying to help. I fall asleep. I stay asleep. I wake up bright, ready to go. And I need it on days like today where we got 30 things going on on screen. I'm trying to manage all these things, trying to make the, fl the show flow right. And I have to be able to be on my game, making all that happen. Rogueshop.com, not only are they a sponsor of a show, they are a driving force behind this not being a bad product. So uh, they sell CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, all kinds of great stuff. The best way to find out what they do, go to Rogueshop.com. That's where you're going to find out all that stuff. And if you use the promo code BWI, you'll get 10% off at Rogueshop.com. So if you're first time uh, checking it out, use the promo code BWI to get 10% off. Tell them that... Uh, that T Frank sent you and you'll uh, you'll get some great interaction on the website. If you have any questions, they have 24 seven chat function. Customers can ask anything because you might be like me and be ignorant and be like, what do I do with this? I, I, I this is not new. This is not something I've known my whole life. So you can get information and you can get help at rogueshop.com in so many different ways. So once again, thanks to rogue shop for being a sponsor of the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, we are moving on uh, to discuss maybe some of the things that didn't go right for Penn State football. We touched on them a little bit. Fitz opened up the show talking about some of those players, some of the situations. I want to dig in a little bit deeper. Um, you know, Nick Marsh, Benedict Dume, David Polly Polly. Three different situations. I think that the some of them may be more similar than the others. But uh, how much of a sting factor for this receiving group, Fitz, is it to not get Nick Marsh when the, the, the profile that Ryan has been talking about this spring is we want to get bigger receiver. And one of their targets of those big body receivers goes back to Michigan state. They don't bring him into this class. Is it, is it a major blow? Is this something that they can recover from? How do you view what happened with Nick Marsh over the last week in July? I think it's a little bit of both. It is a major blow. They thought they had Nick Marsh on board um, and a, a guy that fits that role of what you're talking about, a bigger receiver, um, you know, he would have had to get faster at the college level or is going to have to get faster at the college level. But I think he's he's got the the physical capabilities to do that. Um, so big loss on that end. Um, it, it's receiver. You can you can work through that and figure that that stuff out. But uh, yeah, that that is a loss. And in terms of the the scale that we're looking at here, not the biggest loss, I don't think, in in June or July, but uh, still one that you thought you had on board. And I think that's that's the one that stings is the guy mm -hmm. that you thought you had across the line. And then all of a sudden turns about and goes on its head and and you know not for the reasons that you wanted to you know it's not like not you lost him because the michigan state's academics were better you know that's not that's not how it works anymore so i think i think it stings um but it, it should be one that they're able to work through uh ryan what would you say you 
Fitz said that not the biggest loss uh, of this particular period. What is the biggest loss in your opinion? Oh, better to Gube. Would you agree, Sean? I would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Ume for sure, just because it's not NIL related. It's, it all comes down to academics and, and uh, you know, look, leaving Penn state, I, I mean, I, I obviously I put it a pick, right? I mean, I thought Penn state had, I don't want to say had them because we, we always knew academics are incredibly important. Obviously Stanford is on a different level. Let's, you know, let's call that what it is. Uh, I, I really kind of just left that though with man, the whole cross country thing uh, and knowing his family dynamics in, in Canada, like, you know, Penn State's done so well with Canadian prospects. I mean, there was a lot there. I mean, Benedict, I mean, pretty much flat out said, like, man, Stanford really has to wow me um, or I'm coming to Penn State. And and obviously Stanford wowed his family. And, and look, uh, give a lot of credit to Stanford right now because they are recruiting on a different level than anything we've really seen here, uh, you know, under under their previous regime. So I'll be curious to see how he does there and, and really the whole class they're putting together. Uh, because Stanford's actually recruiting on a, on, a, on a pretty high level at the moment. But but to me, it has to be Ume just because it's not NIL related. You know, we've seen NIL impact a, a Penn State with a few guys. I mean, for example, I mean, Polly Polly, I think, was was one of those guys. I mean, Michigan and Penn State were the two schools for the longest time. I didn't really think USC was really in it much at all. Uh, they asked him to come for a visit. And, you know, from what we understand, obviously they have tradition with uh, – I believe he's Polynesian. I apologize if he's small, but I think it's Polynesian players uh, that that plays a part in it. But but the NIL and 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 everything that they can offer from that perspective uh, is on a different level from Michigan and both Penn State. And I think that had a, a big part of him going across the country too. And um, you know we've talked a lot. Penn State's been off and on 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 Poly Poly at times, but like make it very clear, Penn State wanted Poly Poly at the end. I mean that was a player he they were absolutely pushing for. That wasn't yeah. I know there was times where it felt like they cooled a bit, but. Um, yeah, that, that was a loss for Penn state. Now, Ume is definitely higher on that list in my eyes, but, um, you know, all, all three of them are losses to some degree, but Hey, it's also July 12th. We've got what, six more months to go. Uh, there's going to be plenty of coaching carousel moves and, uh, Penn state. will I think Penn state will fill one of those gaps. I mean, I still feel best about receiver. Like receiver is probably going to be a spot that they can circle back on. Uh, quick question about that. Elijah Newby also going to USC. Penn State is ranked fourth in the Big Ten because USC is now part of the Big Ten. Is that an added layer of concern if you're uh, if you're Penn State that not only are you losing it, it, at one point it would have been you know if Notre Dame USC swoops in and gets a guy that's blow but it's not a direct rival. Um, does that factor into your equations at all now when you're evaluating these wins and losses with USC in the mix? Fits. I don't think you can ignore it. Like, I, I don't think of it that way, to, like, yet, because USC's not not here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly there. Elijah Newby stung. Like, that was, if you look back at June, that was one of the bigger losses. And, you know, because it happened so early in the month before he actually got to take other visits, we probably probably were, there were so many th other things going on that we didn't pay attention to it as much. But that one, that one stings. Like, that was one that Penn State thought that they could win. Um, obviously, you, you look at the location – He'd been here before Penn State was on him early and he moved up the board considerably. That one really like I would put ahead of some of these guys that we're talking about now in mm -hmm. terms of sting factor, especially because there's not really an, uh, an outside linebacker in this class. You've got Specka, Kari Jackson, uh, obviously both guys that are probably boxed to box to Mike's basically. Um, so you want one of those athletic guys that can run around, not necessarily a Sam because uh, Dejan, by the way, Dejan Lane, uh, Ryan clarified that in the uh, in his interview with him. That's um, good to know. Yeah, it's, it, I'm not. I'm not going to get it right. Like I'm going to go revert to Devon, um, <laughs> but uh, he can fill that Sam role. But like that, mm -hmm. that Sam to Will guy, um, newbie fit that bill. So that was a big loss uh, when you talk about uh, June, July, and uh, probably less than we than we talked about. But USC as a whole, I mean, they're, they're going to make their money out west as they usually do. Um, they that that's kind of how the you have to set it, even though you're going to the Big Ten. Maybe it opens some doors up for you, but they've recruited the East Coast before. I mean, it's nothing nothing new in that situation. Yeah, coming all the way to Central Pennsylvania for a defensive tackle is a little odd. You know, we we, we talk about some some of those schools, um, you know, like Alabama coming north for Rico Scott is just like you can't find that guy down there. I mean, that that's kind of the way <laughs> that I look at it. But defensive yeah. tackle as a position so important. So you're going to go uh, anyway to, to to find those guys. So a good recruiting job by them to, to turn that one on ahead. I think that's that's kind of the thing that I look back at June and July. There were so many recruitments that just flipped, like just right away. Um, 
case-by-case basis. We're going to go back to that. Amaris Williams uh, committing to uh, to Florida. Penn State thought they were in a good spot, but they knew they had to weather that Florida storm. They didn't. That's kind of what happens sometimes. So there, there were so many twists and turns, and and you know Jalen Harvey is kind of a roller coaster, whereas these guys, Polly Polly was, we thought, going to Penn State. Uh, Ume, we thought, was going to Penn State. Now, different situations there, as Ryan laid out. Marsh, we thought, was going to Penn State. So when these things turn quickly, that's when uh, that's when it gets crazy, you know, and that's that's kind of how late June into July has gone uh, for Penn State. But they've still uh, rebounded. They've done some nice things and they still have a really good class, which we can't forget. So you yeah, one thing I, I'll just add real quick as sure. I mean, USC has 17 commits. Three of them are from east of Texas. Right. So, I mean, like there's Georgia, newbie and Polly, Poly, uh, Georgia. I said the kids from Georgia. I don't have a name in front of me. Uh, <laughs> Polly, Polly, newbie. So, I mean, they're still primarily recruiting out west. US, like Sean said, they come out here. They, they'll pick a, they'll pluck a couple of players. I, but I think, you know, as far as like them moving to the Big Ten, that's a that's a question we could really answer better in like 2027, right? So let's see how they stack classes. Let's see how obviously Lincoln Riley does there, and we'll get a better feel for how the Big Ten move impacts them as far as recruiting out east. Uh, one question here that I know we've talked about in terms of specific positions, but overall, I want to get your your feeling on what Ryan is asking here because I feel like if you Sometimes I feel like people don't consider Florida the South. Like Florida is its own thing. But he says, uh, oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> this is it. He's been very active in the chat. Love Ryan in the chat. He says, overall, can Penn State uh, make a serious inroads in the S, I'm assuming the South, for recruits, almost impossible to championship level program with the majority recruiting in and around Pennsylvania. Um, what do you think of, of Southern recruiting for Penn State? I feel like they've done very well in Florida. But and gotten select players from Alabama, Mississippi, areas like that, or they at least they've had a, a good shot at some of those guys. How do you guys feel about the southern recruiting and and what Ryan is saying here in the chat? Do you want me to go? Yeah. I'll go. Hey, I, I mean, flat out, I think Atlanta is their biggest weakness. Atlanta yeah. is loaded. Atlanta is 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 the most stacked region down there. And look, you know, obviously you have the Grand Haley's. You have you have a couple of guys years ago but sean went like when's the last time they landed a guy from that area i'm trying to, i mean they had um Not punter State. category yeah <laughs> oh no no i mean they had holding states committed you know at one point right yep. um but uh i just think like that i mean they'll they'll find a couple guys in alabama the dakari nelsons you know mississippi they've never really had much traction in louisiana they're not going to ever have much traction in um you know they'll they'll pluck a couple guys from from alabama and the carolinas i guess but uh, you know, Atlanta is just a massive hotbed of talent. Uh, we joke all the time with some people there. You, you just walk down the street in Atlanta, you know, you'll run into a top 100 player. I mean, there's just so many guys in that area. And that's just not an area that Penn State's had a, a lot of a lot of traction in here in recent years. So to me, that's that's probably the biggest weakness there. But you got Georgia. I mean, they're going to pluck the vast majority of the guys there when they're the, when they're the program that they are. You got Alabama. Yeah. What? I don't know. 150 miles away. You got Auburn 70 miles away. I mean, there's just. It, it, those guys grow up SEC, man, and it, it's you're, it's going to be really hard to get the elite guys there. It's really you got to find those gems, those you know, as Penn State does a good job with. But then even when you find those gems, you got to keep a hold of them. And then we're talking about NIL and all these other things where there's a big difference between the Southern schools and the Northern schools. So I just think they got three, four, five things that are kind of stacked against them in that area. A guy like Cameron Wallace is what you're talking about in terms of a, a player from the South they bring up as maybe good an example. underrated guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Google yeah, Mount Vernon, Georgia. Game. It's not Atlanta at all. <laughs> it's it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> like Cameron Wallace, uh, Dakari Nelson, uh, Trey Wallace. You know those those guys that are in those areas, and you a couple of Alabama guys in there, obviously. But uh, yeah, those are those are the guys that they've had success with. Where you you don't go into Atlanta. I know John Scott was in Atlanta. You don't go to Atlanta and find those guys. But I mean, there's a, there's a program in that state that does pretty well. So that's uh, and th- those are the kind of guys that you want to take and talent wise. So we'll see that. I, th- I I kind of feel that way about the Carolinas. Like I know that they've had some mm-hmm. success in the Carolinas, but they probably should have more. You know, if that makes sense. Uh, it's on the fringe. We we do that that area that six hour radius. It's outside of there. Um, but still, like the Penn State has had success in the Carolinas in the past. Um, and I think that they, they could. That's probably a spot where they could do do a little bit more. Um, and, uh, Ty house made some inroads there. Of course he's from down there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, that, that's probably where I'm looking. You're never going to make your, your, your money. And like we said about USC, you're never going to make your money in the South. Like you got to mm-hmm. start at home base and work your way out and then pluck 
by the relationships that you have, by the connections. Maybe you have a kid that visits when he's younger um, and go from there. So uh, Florida, obviously, you've got Jaywon Sider. But outside of that, um, you have to to lean on your strongholds there. And you, you, you're Penn State. It's tough to get here. Like, it's it's tough for me to travel to any place that I want to go down there. Like, it's, yeah. it's really tough for these, these prospects to get here. Um, so that's what you have to remember. Um, you know, we talk about that sometimes that ride home from the official visit is very important. Like it's the visits over, but the visit's not over because you have to get home. And with state college, that means flying to one of the New York airports now flying to Chicago and then getting home. So that's, uh, Philly, something like that. So that, that is something that you have to take into account when you've got these Southern guys. And then on top of that, you got to sign the papers and then you got to get your family here for multiple games a year a long drive you know not everybody's Dakari Nelson making that 13 and a half hour drive or whatever he did to come up for a Rutgers game which god bless him man with a baby uh, <laughs> with a yeah. baby with a uh, baby. but like again like and you know we always no one wants to talk about NIL guys but like I mean I know I brought it up but like the southern schools and the northern schools there is a massive massive difference in the amount of money that some of these schools are offering I mean I'll say this I know Auburn Offer one of Penn State's top players. He did not end up here. Three hundred thousand dollars to be there as a freshman. Okay, I mean that's a lot of money. All right, so you know yeah. there's there's other examples of, of guys getting less than that, but it's 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 a big difference between that and and what we're seeing up here as far as what guys are getting as a freshman. Is there just quickly here because I want to move on and kind of look forward. Um, is it kind of like closing the deal for Penn State? Because, again, we've talked about they're going to still rely on everything else that's made this program successful over the last decade. But we, we look at some of the – you said a lot of these turned on a dime. And, and just Benedict Dume aside, is that is that bridging the gap? Like that's the NIL thing to bridge the gap and get things over over the line, knowing that they don't have to be the highest bidder. They just have to be in the competition. Is that a, is that a fair way to frame that, Ryan? Yeah, Oh, I, 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 I actually, either either of you guys. Take it. I Sorry. missed the first part. <laughs> I didn't really follow it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, it, yeah, are are they mean, close enough to to close the gap? Like, obviously, with a couple of these guys in uh in July, the the recruiting, as you said, turned quickly there at the end. How I guess what's the gap here between being in the conversation with the NIL and letting all the other things take over? Of I really like Penn State. I want to go to Penn State. I want to you know, but I can't turn down this money. It, I guess that's the ongoing question: is are they inching closer to being in that conversation from an NIL perspective? It, it depends on the figures involved, and we're not going to get those figures. Just I know people asked in the chat if you can compare them. No, we can't because we don't know the actual figures. Um, but you know, things are floated along here and it depends on the, how Penn, Penn state values the player. Like, are they going to pay what West Virginia paid Rodney Gallagher for a slot receiver for a five ten slot receiver? Probably not like that, that that's where you have to make those determinations as a program, as a coaching staff in terms of what is the most value and to Penn state right now, the most value is the guys that you have on your roster. And truth be told, that's the right way to do it. In my opinion, uh, Truth be told, in my opinion, of course, running all over each other. Um, but uh, yeah, in my opinion, that's the right way to do it. You've got guys that have proven themselves and, and you know, Penn State does have a, a package for their freshmen, their incoming freshmen, but it's not like you're not going to break the bank over one dude. Like you shouldn't, truth be told. And, and I don't think they have the money to do that if they wanted to, you know, that's the, that's the thing that goes uh, that, that you're looking at there. So find, find the right guys. And to be honest with you, like NIL has changed a lot, but I don't think it's really changed the type of player person that Penn state's going after. Like a lot of these guys would fit into the 2016 class. You know, that, that, that's how I look at it. You know, you, you don't really change that much over the years in the identity of your program. Um, and if you're looking for, you know, a lot of guys have said it. If, if the first thing you talk about is NIL, when you walk in that door, you're probably not coming here anyway. So I think right. that's uh, that's something to remember from a Penn state standpoint. Uh, I think they're closing the gap. I think they're fine with the guys in the region. You know, the guys that, that have always liked Penn state, but yeah, I mean, I, I, and, I don't, and it is getting back. Like it is improving like, it is. with the, the United and the happy Valley United and everything like that. I think it's, it's certainly a big step forward. Um, but like, it's, it's not always going to be perfect. And like I said, James is going to keep pounding that table for more because that's the, that's the, uh, 
the structure of NIL right now. Somebody mentioned in the, in the past, like fans are footing the bill for this. Is that fair? No, not at all. Come on. Not at all. Right. When there's a billion dollar TV contract, when there's bowl count, you know, all those, all that stuff. No, not at all. And and that's something that I think that will eventually come to come to a head and you get collective bargaining, you get all that stuff. Um, and I think that that's, if, if that's the direction it's going great, takes the burden off of the, the donors and stuff like that. That's just the, the next thing that's a couple of years out, but until that happens, like what, what can you do, but play the game? Yeah. Uh, let's look at the class as we have it. Just give you some more stats. We showed this a little bit earlier, but here's class breakdown. Penn state eighth. Now after the on three update fourth in the big 10 overall, another strong class 91 overall in their evaluation from on three, uh, a couple other things that I think are telling here, the change in the, uh, I think the nature of this class with the updated rankings, uh, the the star rankings improve. Penn State still does not have a five-star prospect, but you can see here the four stars now uh, outweigh the three stars. 13 four-stars, a quality group of players, uh, nine three-stars as well. Some of those players that we still think have talent and can improve. Um, I don't know that Penn State is going to be on pace for a five-star, but how many more four-stars can they get? How many guys are left on the board? Uh, Ryan... Who do you think is the the highest priority here for them to target in in the remaining days of July and then moving on into the season? I think everybody on this show, if you're watching this show, you know this answer. It is Liam Andrews. It is it is no you know there's no debating it, right? Um, we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and um, you know I thought it would be I thought he would I thought he would commit by now. You know he always said probably early July. You know, obviously we're getting to mid-July. You know, I still – I could still see this going another week or so. But, um, look, Penn State's felt good about it for a while. But, you know, the, to me this has always been – this hasn't been like an 80-20 feel good. This is like a 60-40 feel good, you know. And, and uh, you know, for a player who just doesn't really open up a whole lot about his recruitment, <laughs> Sean – this is off topic. Like what's funny is Sean, Sean did a great job lining up an interview with Liam Andrews. Sean was busy at the time. I had to take the interview and I wrote the story. Sean, I think everybody has contacted me over the last 10 days thinking I have this relationship with Liam Andrews because we got a good story on him when he visited, but that's it. I mean, that's the only time I think we've really been able to have a good, um, you know, extended conversation with Liam over the last however many months because uh, he's just kind of kept to himself. So, you know, from what we've also gathered behind the scenes is that uh, this is a situation where Liam's kind of told South Carolina and Penn State, hey, uh, you know, texting me every day, calling me every day, all that stuff. Like, it's not going to do you any good. So from what we've kind of gathered, like, it's it's very laid back as far as coaches recruiting him as well right now. So it's it's silent on on more ends than not. Uh, but again, you know, obviously uh, there's 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 momentum for Penn State in different ways. And, um, you know, we've we've felt that Penn State has the the upper edge. But, man, I, I don't I don't feel confident in anything at the moment. And, um, you know, Sean, I'll throw it to you, but I, I don't know what your thoughts are. You're going to you're going to go with I don't feel confident in anything in the moment. I'm going to throw it to you. So I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, I still like Penn State here. Um, I, I, I know Doan put in his pick. Uh, earlier this week, got a ton of respect for Brian. He just does things the right way. He's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think Penn state is in a good spot. I don't think it's over yet. Um, and like we said, it's, it's not over, especially in this day and age. Uh, it's not over until you, you commit and then it's not over until you sign. So I still like Penn state here. Um, they've done a great job of, uh, flipping that recruitment in the sense that coming out of the winter, like he came and visited, uh, I believe for the, um, uh, Michigan State game at the end of the year um, and things were good and he just decided he wanted to be a defensive lineman and that sort of shifted some things there he went on some visits I think he was trending away from Penn State and by trending away from Penn State I think he was like considering them but like very fringe considering them then he went out and visited some schools and kind of the flip of what we've seen for with a guy like Will Satterwhite um decided that Penn state was, was better than he thought it was in the first, uh, first time around. So he was back high on them, came for the spring game, felt the love. Dion Barnes got involved with this and Phil Troutwine has been on it from the start as an offensive lineman, but Dion Barnes got involved in this one. That whole staff is recruiting him for the most part. They know how important Liam Andrews is to this class. Um, you asked me the question earlier about Nick Marsh in terms of like how big of a loss is this and could they recover? Yes, they can do that with Nick Marsh, Liam Andrews, man, that's, I don't know that that's the same answer. Like this yeah. is a kid that can take this class in my opinion. And I know Ryan and I uh, disagree with uh, 
the Garrett section or whatever we talked about on the board. Um, but this is a guy that can take the class to the next level. Like this, I think he's that good. Like, I think he's a guy that can legitimately play on either side of the ball in college, potentially in the pros. I still think he's a better offensive lineman, but that's a conversation for another day. But this is a guy in that elite territory that can take Penn state's class up to another level. He would. And this is with respect to Quentin Marsh, uh, Quentin Mark, Quentin Martin. I think he'd be the best player in this class, you know, in terms of talent projection to the next level, um, applicable skills currently you know he, i think he's better at his position uh and what he does on the football field would you would you agree with that this would be penn state's best player if he were to come i think if he was an offensive lineman, lineman he would be i don't know if i'd say that as a defensive lineman personally i think okay. yes i do another name that we haven't talked about in a while it's come back brian robinson defensive end where do you guys stand uh ryan where do you stand with brian robinson in this kind of what's left of the defensive line board after all of the movement in the last couple of weeks. And also what position is he looking at him? Oh, like defensive end. One, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian Robinson is interesting right now um, for multiple reasons. I don't know if he's even going to be at his school after reading some things the last 24 hours. Uh, look, it seems to be Penn state, Kentucky, Penn state has, or Kentucky's been considered the favorite. Um, I, I need to just get a better feel for, I mean, I think Penn State's pushing for him right now, but I just feel like for the most part, it's just like get Liam Andrews and then kind of go from there. Uh, now, I guess, I mean, is Brian an edge? Is he a interior guy? Like, Sean, are they recruiting him as an edge? Because to me, he's an interior guy. Yeah, he is. He is being recruited as an edge. I think Jalen Harvey's above him on the board. Um, mm -hmm. If you're splitting hairs, I mean, they're they're both top tier guys. I think they would take. Uh, but Robinson's still uh, a defensive end at this point kind of in that deny Dennis Sutton mold in terms of yeah. you know, like body type, like could be an interior guy eventually, but uh, yeah, they're recruiting him as an edge. Yeah. A little I, linear, Kentucky, big, physical. I, yeah. Yeah. I think Kentucky, but I, I don't, he's another I, guy. I, just kinda, I mean, Brian's a, what'd you say, Sean? Sorry. I think Kentucky as well. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, who, who are the other guys we're looking at? Uh, just ending the show, kind of looking at the, the board, you know, Fitz put up a big board uh, last week. We're not going to go through all those names. Check it out. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Great time to remind you, like the video. Uh, my guy Mike was in the chat earlier telling everybody to like the video. Appreciate him holding water for the show. Uh, but make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well and at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for all this inside information. A couple names that stand out to you that maybe we haven't mentioned yet or you want to emphasize again, Fitz, uh, heading here into the end of the show, looking forward at what's up for Penn State football in the next week or two. Good reminder uh, to subscribe to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. I see we got a lot of questions, a lot of like deeper than podcast questions uh, on the site here. So subscribe. We'll talk about it on the site, um, definitely. Uh, Jalen Harvey, I mentioned before. Yeah, we're not uh, talking about this. T.A. <laughs> Cunningham uh, is an interesting one that's that's still out there. Big body uh, from down south. Just a really interesting recruitment there um, just because he's been on the radar for so long. And then all of a sudden, I think he's fallen off a lot of teams' radars. Uh, Nigel Smith is is one of the few that will bridge that gap and take it into the the fall. Uh, if Penn State can get him back on campus, that would be big. Uh, Sion Lalea, uh, Jonathan Paler put Penn State in, their, in his top five um, earlier this uh, – month i think it was i'm sorry i don't even know what day this is the, this is the 12th all it right. was earlier this month yes it is mid-july yeah. already how about that um yeah jonathan paler is an interesting one because i think everybody wrote him off to south carolina he's still very very well could end up probably will end up at south carolina but uh made a visit to penn state so there's uh there's some interesting ones there uh wide receiver still um you know i know they got three on board right now but uh still would like uh a wide receiver to uh, maybe expand that board, see where see where it's going. And of course, defensive line is always going to be the priority there. So um, that's kind of what you're looking at as Penn State resets its board. And I think that's going to be a very important thing. I think like looking across the country, the national landscape, like a lot of guys have ended their recruitment in July. Like that's kind of where they found themselves. Now that's going to open up. The jobs will open up. Job jobs just open up this week uh, at Northwestern. So uh, that that's going to be something that the, those guys in the recruiting office will be scouting over the next couple of months, looking at commit lists, guys that are on shaky ground, and maybe trying to strike and and fill gaps that way. They still got space. Um, you know, I know they have a lot of commits right now, but they still have space in what they're trying to go after. And it'll be really interesting because I think the big board in July is going to look just completely different than the big board in September if that board is large enough to be deemed big but that's on the eye of the beholder and don't forget vega you want guys that 
joined Penn State late, late in the process, all the way into December and January in that second commitment period. So the story's not over until it's over. We still got plenty of time to go for Penn State football's class of 2024. Ryan, what about you? I know we just ran through a couple of names. Anyone you want to highlight as we get out of here in the show? I just think Jalen Harvey, right? Like what's going to happen with Jalen Harvey? I think that's probably the biggest thing, whether that's a commitment in the weeks ahead or whether he takes it to the season. It's um, certainly an, an intriguing one right now, but Harvey's a very important player for Penn state. He and Liam Andrews in my eyes are without a doubt the, the top two guys right now. And uh, if Penn state could get both of them on board. Uh, you know, I think it would have a big impact on who, those all those other guys are and, and how much they pursue them and um, you know, whether they wait for the season to see who emerges and things like that. But, you know, as I said earlier, I, yeah, Paylor's in the mix. I, I, I see that fourth, if they get a fourth wide receiver, which I still think is very possible. Uh, I just kind of just see that as like, let's see how things shake out during the season and being something later in the year, maybe Paylor emerge, but I don't really see too many other options other than that. Of course, they're always going to keep going after Chance Robinson, but as of right now, he seems to be with Miami. But to me, it's Jalen Harvey. It's Liam Andrews. Keep an eye on those guys. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see with the Lash Bash, too. Of course, Lash Bash is a couple weeks away. Maybe a, maybe a 2024 name or two that we're not talking about pops up, although that's going to be largely all about 2025 and 2026. And Ryan's already done great work previewing that over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sign up there. Get all the insider information. You won't find more deep access into the things you want to know about recruiting football basketball we got a hoop show coming up this week as well so sign up great time for that subscribe here to bluewhiteillustrated.com guys thanks so much for your time we're going to get out of here on that coming up tomorrow mention this as well because this is super awesome curtis jacobs joining the show live at 7 p.m on thursday so join us here if you've been in the live chat talking same format for tomorrow so if you want to ask curtis a question if you want to get some comments talk about him uh, the season whatever you want curtis coming up tomorrow 7 p.m we're going to have interactions with our fans and of course with people over at bluewhiteillustrated.com on the message board all of that 7 p.m so who let the dogs out i don't know we're getting out of here though with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.